There's no fear in us. There's no fear. So it wasn't like him. And I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but I told God, I'm not telling him. You need to tell him.
calls us to step into freedom and to do that we have to let go of the past and sometimes it's the letting go of things that's the hardest process so we got back to my mom's place and um, just doing circles with the baby
because that changed your life. And it doesn't have to look like a move, like a physical move, but there's something in your life that you're being tugged on, and it's time to move heaven and watch the doors fly open for you. So I don't know what you're going through. <laughs> so as I said, within weeks, we're putting price tags on everything, and then most of our stuff and we're like touching in with the Lord and we feel strongly that by October 15th we need to be out. There's something about that date that we need to make a shift. And so sure enough, by October 15th we were moved. And we thought we'll move to Sacramento because that's where my family lives and um, you know, we'll get more pieces there. And we moved to Sacramento to be with my family. We really wanted to be with my family. It was overwhelmingly
there's nothing that can hold me back but you. And I believe that was the whole point of that first video, is just saying, you know what, we have these doubts, we have these fears, and believe me, up until today, before we came, you know, the enemy's trying to lie to me and tell me um, all kinds of stuff, but I'm going to agree with heaven. I'm going to agree with heaven. Either I am making the choice to follow, and that's all I can do day by day is agree with heaven, agree with heaven. And so, gosh, there's somebody here, Holy Spirit. Yeah, she'll be back up. She'll be back. Mom, she'll be back. Whoa, whoa. Is that me? One thing I will say is that, uh, wow, is that me? I feel like a transformer or something. <laughs> One thing I will tell you about my wife is that she doesn't lie. So she was bragging about me. She was telling the truth. <laughs> now, 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 she never said I was perfect. She, ne- she never said I was perfect. But she just said I was awesome. And that's true. And she's awesome also. She's amazing. She's beautiful. I definitely got an upgrade uh, from the Lord. And uh, our marriage was divinely created by God himself. People that know the story won't get into it tonight, but people that know that God put us together. We barely even knew each other at all. But God hooked us up, put us together. So these ones you're marrying each other. We both heard from the Lord separately that we're getting married. So amen. Uh, <laughs> so we are. Four years on the 19th. Before he's the nineteenth, we married. Come on, yeah. September's an interesting month, isn't it, for us? And it's also the new year. We just had the new year for for uh, 
Rosh Hashanah, is that they call it? It's my Jewish roots coming out somewhere. Uh, you know, when, Andrew, when the Lord put on Andrew's heart to go to Sacramento, it wasn't pulling on mine. And I was thinking Israel or, you know, I was thinking uh, France. I was thinking, you know, Sacramento. All thing I knew about Sacramento was going to her parents' house or sister's house. I love going to those two places, but Sacramento was on my radar screen. So I said, well, let's just go up there and pray and stay the land. Well, it was like, I really don't want to go, so let's just go up there and just hope we don't see nothing. Now, you know, I don't know, I know I get to her mom's house, I know I get to her sister's house, and that's it up there. Anywhere in the Bay Area, I can get around. So we get up there, and we went to this place called the Thomas area for some reason, and because uh, to me, it was a newer area, and I wanted to go over the new area. Because I had this whole plan where I want to live, I'm living up there. And in there's a lot of strip malls and department stores. It's, it's, a, it's a really modern, it's a lot of stores everywhere, a lot of different strip malls in every corner. It's just a busy area. And I look to my left, and I see this bookstore, and it's called the Damascus Road. Now, for you that don't know this, our 501c3 is called Damascus Road Ministries International. That have happened several years now. I said, Lord, you're kidding me. He made sure I saw that we're going to Sacramento. Sacramento is huge. And that one little bookstore and this one little strip mall, as we're down this busy street, caught my eye, the Damascus Road. Come on. So, amen. What we're talking about is a road less traveled. And I don't know if you can see this picture. One road says adventure. The other road says same old stuff. Now, I'm not calling what I did at Blazing Fire same old stuff. I was very honored and privileged to serve in an amazing ministry, an amazing family for, over, for 10 years. And so that's not what I'm saying here. But I have a choice to make. Am I going to follow God? Or am I going to do what's comfortable to me? And one thing I love about Blazing Fire and Brent, if Holy Spirit's not breathing on something, he won't do it anyway. So if I stayed behind and, and kept working with the supernatural school and Holy Spirit was breathing on it, breathing on it, it wouldn't exist. I love that about our leadership. We don't do things just to do things. We do things so the Lord is breathing on them. And the proof of that is we had over hundreds and hundreds of people come through our supernatural school over the years, last seven, several years, since 2004. And so I figured this way, if I'm, if I'm running a supernatural school, I better be leading a supernatural lifestyle. Now, yes, I do know that because there's been literally hundreds of thousands of testimonies of people getting supernaturally healed as the Lord has led me out. But to step on a supernatural lifestyle, I said, follow me. Leave what you have. Matter of fact, they have a scripture for that. Russ Folkler, I got a scripture for that, Russ. In Genesis 12, 1 and 3, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and I shall be a, and you shall be a blessing. And it's funny because whenever I do an email in the ministry on Damascus Road, I always say, "Be blessed and be a blessing." It's something I think we're called to be. I've said that for several years now. And then in Hebrews eleven eight, it says in the New Testament, it says, "By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into the place which he would receive an inheritance, and he went out not knowing." where he was going. I'm going to just tell a quick testament about this house. It's not in my notes at all. But like I said, we didn't have money to get a house. The house was on our radar screen. It was on God's radar screen. And so I said, okay, well, if we're going to buy a house, it's got to be five years old in a brand new neighborhood. I want a cookie cutter home like everybody else. At that time, in December, November, December, when we were looking, every house had 12 to 15 offers on them. 
And people were winning with cash deals. Investors were underbidding everybody with cash deals, so we're losing. So one of the computer says, Lord, well, you have a house for us somewhere, so I'm just going to trust you and you'll find it. Show it to us. So I put all these addresses down I got, and guess what? We found this house that was built in 1924. <laughs> neighborhood was built in 1911 in this old neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. There's something about this house. And we went in. It was totally remodeled. And even when we had the inspection done, the guy says, well, the concern about these old houses is underneath, they're usually half rotten because they're so old. And they don't repair them underneath. He says, but they've totally repaired everything under this house. Well, you might have to worry about the knob and tube wiring, and that's going to be very expensive. So he went in the attic and said, oh, gosh, they replaced that also. And Angela wanted a house with white cabinets and black granite countertops. And guess what it has? And I didn't want to, I, I, none personal, but I've always had homes with that linoleum floor in the bathroom and in the kitchen. This had travertine floors in the kitchen and some kind of stone in the bathroom. I'm like, oh my gosh. And guess what? There was no offers on the house. And we found out the day we had moved to Sacramento, it had dropped $10,000 in price. So we put an offer on it. And the next day, we're back there with the realtor just going through it again, all excited. And a lady walked up and says, I'll pay cash right now for this house. He says, you can't. It's in contract. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> and I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. I didn't like Sacramento. Now, I'm going to say something. When I first came to the Lord, 12, in two, what is it? When I was 38, I'm 50, 51. I was 38 when I came to the Lord. Came a little late in life. I knew he was going to take me out of the barrier one day. You know, I was born and raised here. I knew the day was coming one day. But till, you, till it comes and you step into it, it's a whole different ball game. So here I'm in Sacramento, and people would say, Lonnie, how do you like Sacramento? I'm like, woo, it's not Livermore. <laughs> That's about as much as positivity as I can give out. Well, you know, it's not Livermore. And that was my response, and I meant it. But I was trying to be positive. So one day we're coming home from school, and we're coming off the exit by our house, and the Lord says, Lonnie, how can I bless you and use you if you can't agree to where I brought you? I said, I like Sacramento. <laughs> we're driving that street. I said, I like, bless Sacramento. Let your glory fall on Sacramento. And we weren't, we weren't feeling it, but we're calling as though it was. But I can honestly tell you, I love Sacramento now. And it's my home, and it's genuine. So let the Lord work on my heart, and then come in agreement with heaven on that. Amen? Amen. Our friend, when all this was going on, because we had no money, and probably still don't, well, we don't. But Dana called me one day, I got this quote for you by Graham Cook. You got you to read it. And it says this, provision seldom comes before we set out. You have to go, you have to you have to go to meet it. Don't ask God to give you everything so that you can start to move. He will say, no, move, and then I will give it to you. You meet your provision when you get moving towards it. Just trust in God to release it and move out from encouraging yourself in God. And this thing is so real in our lives right now and current because we're trusting in the Lord that we're hearing him correctly. And there's been too many signs we know we're following him. Into what? We don't have the full answer yet, 
But we know we're supposed to be there. We know we're supposed to. He called us there, and we know something's coming. And then Jesus culture moved there, too. That's awesome. They're building church. It's supposed to open up in spring. God's moving a lot of people to Sacramento and all over. He's moving a lot of people around. Something, you hear me say this from the pulpit all the time. Something so big is about to, to, to bust through. We know we're in revival, but increasing revival we've never seen before. Of the love of the Father and the power of God coming together as one. He's positioning people, especially right now in California. I remember being at Blazing Fires 10 years ago. Well, 11 years ago when I first started hanging out. And there's probably one hot spot that we knew about in the, in the area of Blazing Fire. But up in, in, in Redding and we're in Southern California, there's little spots everywhere. But right now, there's a fire everywhere in California, up and down California. The fire, California's on fire with the love of the Lord right now. Something is happening, people. Something is really about to bust loose. In our lifetime, I'm telling you as I know it right now. I'm not telling you something I, I want to see happen. I'm telling you it's happening. We, it's all coming together somehow. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be definitely life-changing for, 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 I believe, California and the world. It has been an honor and a privilege serving honor others in this home, in this house. One of the areas we got the honor and the privilege of serving was in, uh, let me read this first. It's so good. I found this today. Your gifts are not you. Leadership is not about you. Your purpose is not about you. A life of significance is about serving those who need your gifts, your leadership, and your purpose. Kevin Hall, author of Aspire. That is an amazing, it didn't go there. Can you get the next slide for me, friend? Next slide. Patrick, there you go. So let's read one more time. Your gifts are not about you. Leadership is not about you. Your purpose is not about you. A life of significance is about serving those who need your gifts, your leadership, and your purpose. Kevin Hall. That is a great quote right there. Now, God does care about us. Don't get me wrong. He cares a lot about us. He wouldn't have created us. We were, we, he, he loved us so much before he even created the earth. We were in him already. For the foundations of the world, we're in his heart. But we're here to be a blessing, to be blessed and be a blessing to many others. The blessing doesn't stop with me. It comes through me for others. So one place we got to serve in this house was Kingdom Training School of Supernatural. Come on. Yes. This ministry started 2004. And we just finished our ninth year. And uh, it's been several hundred people have come through and have lives changed radically and dramatically. Radically and radically. That makes sense. Radically and dramatically. Another place we got to serve is Angela started a school called School of the Arts back in 2011, where people were learning about uh, photography and, and prophetic art, prophetic dancing, I think it was. Yeah, prophetic dancing and also um, taking pictures. It was an amazing school. And then we started a night school called Transformed which was a version, a, a nighttime version, virgin, 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 <laughs> version, <laughs> the Virgin Mary. She's linking this someone up. Anyway, the, the version of our daytime school for nighttime people. And then we also, we all try to be. Good Lord. I was telling the elders of the team the other day a joke. I'll tell you guys, it's funny. So anyway, I'm going to say, I'm, this is my last night, I can do this. So I think, I have this thing, I think I'm funny, right? But I'm not, Doug, if you know Doug Addison, I'm not Doug Addison funny. But I'm funny. I keep telling my wife, babe, I'm funny. I got jokes. <laughs> so, so one day, I'm offensive to people in this, but, you know, just let it go. So I was at this church like eight years ago right, preaching, right? And it was, it was a mixed culture crowd, a lot of Mexicans, a lot of blacks, you know, 
you know, minorities. So I'm going to make a joke, right? So I'm doing this sermon, and I start talking about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? So I said, okay, well, I was doing this thing. I said, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and some Negro? <laughs> didn't go well. What a good joke. They didn't get it. You know that thing? You want to get away? But God, his grace showed up anyway. People got healed supernaturally. And they invited me, they invited me back a couple more times. I just left those jokes out. <laughs> Came some different ones. And hey, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. <laughs> it's a good joke. Change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become. And this is where I'm going to stop for a minute. Say this again. I'm going to stop here and sit on this for a minute. Changes the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become by Reinhold, Reinhold Newber. When God calls you out. you got to understand something. Brent Suzanne opened a door for me. Before they even knew me, I was in this church. God had breathed some things into me. I had visitations where God had showed me some things. And when I met Blaze on Fire, we had some of the same vision and dreams. And they opened a door for me to live out those prophetic dreams in this house. Matter of fact, my old church said, he said, if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to become a pastor. In this house, I became a pastor. I became an elder. I became a director of a supernatural school. What God had shown me being in this supernatural kind of thing many years before. And, and, and this is the first church I ever preached in. Not the first place I ever preached, but this is the first church that called me up. They said, we come preach, our, we come preach on a Saturday night in Blazing Fire. Amen. I never called nobody to preach because God told me he'll open the doors for me. But this is the first church door that opened up for me. And many doors opened up after that. Matter of fact, my old church got a little jealous and opened the door for me too. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny about that? And Blazing Fire came and supported me. Yeah. That, I remember that night. It was amazing. And to you were there. So I'm going to stop here for a second. You understand something? The reason I say I became a pastor... I became an elder. I became a supernatural school ministry director. I got to travel to Israel a couple of times, Brazil, Finland, Sweden, be guest speakers at all these places, see God moving crazy, signing wonder ways. I've seen radical miracles in my life where God has let me pray for people and supernatural things happened. It was just the way I lived. I lived a supernatural life. But as you guys know, my son Lonnie Jr. passed away four years ago from cancer. And so we're at Andrew's house one day, and I shared this before in school and here probably a couple of times, but I'm kind of going to put it together now. One morning I got, we had our dog with us, and I got up to take the dog for a walk. It was just amazing. I never had an encounter. People talk about how God beats you in nature. God meets me in the bathroom, in the shower, in my car, uh, but never in the nature. So I'm walking my dog one morning and in Sacramento, my in-law's house. We didn't even live there yet. And I felt his presence in the grass, in the trees, in the air. I just, it was just intensified. I'm just bawling right now in that moment because God is so real as I breathe. He's so real with me. And he says, son, I want to talk to you about something. Deep in your heart, push way down. You don't even know it's there. You're still angry with me and hurt because your son's with me and not with you. And now I'm really bawling. He says, but I want to take it out of you today. Can I have it? Can I free you from that pain? And, man, he took in these, 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 these tears I can't explain. He gave me were of relief. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm talking about. 
And then right after that, I had another encounter with the Lord back in Sacramento. And he says, let me go back. When we, get, when we left Hawaii, Angela had this desire to go to the School of Providence in Redding, California. And we had enough money to get these tickets to go to this conference. We got accepted, first of all, and then we had the money to go. And so I really went because she wanted to go and be there with my wife. And I have a lot of friends. We have a lot of friends in Redding and Bethel and stuff. So we went to go see our friends. And the first night, the Lord said, come up front and worship me. I'm like, with all those people up there, it's crowded. Come up front and worship me. And I went to worship the Lord like this in front. He says, look behind you. And I look behind me. He says, what do you see? I said, I see a bunch of empty seats. He says, yes, but what kind of seats are they? I said, Lord, they're front row seats. He says, son, I called you to the front. Quit hiding in the back. I called you to the front. Quit hiding in the back. I didn't tell Angela this at all. Well, we had met a friend in line at registration that earlier that day named R.L. from Oklahoma. Love this man. He called me that morning and says, Lonnie, I got front row seats for us at the conference. Make sure you find me. I'm like, really? Yeah. So I didn't tell Angela or him what happened that night before. The next day he calls me and says, Lonnie, I got the same seats. Come and find me. Come and find my bag. You know what it looks like. Finally, I told Angela that morning what happened and worshiped the two nights before, the night before, two nights before that, whatever it was. Finally, I got there and said, RL. I said, man, thank you for getting up early in the morning and getting these front row seats for us. We are so blessed. It's no, Lonnie, you don't understand. The anointing of your, God in your life has made a way for you. It was my job to make sure you had front row seats. And then I told him what happened. So I'll be back at Andrew's parents' house doing something, another, spending another weekend there, whatever it was, and God began to speak to me. He says, when your son passed away, you hid yourself inside a blazing fire. You cushioned yourself behind your titles and your position and the comfortability of what you know. But I told you it was just your training ground. I told you when I first sent you there was for a season, and it's your training ground. He says, will you come back out on the cutting edge with me again? No, he says, this is what he said. Will you come back out on the cutting edge with me? And will you trust me again? And I said, Lord, I don't trust you. Because when I did, my son died. I don't know how to trust you. But I'd rather come scared and not trust you to stay behind and miss out on what you have planned for my life. So, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming scared. And I'm going to be there with you, Lord, and you lead me. So here's what you get. Someone that doesn't trust you and someone that's scared, but I'm coming. And I went. We, you know, God knew I was scared anyway. He wasn't shocked by that. God knew I didn't trust him. He wasn't shocked by that. But by me admitting publicly with him, it brought healing in my heart. And I stepped back on that cutting edge with him again, on the forefront of not knowing what tomorrow would look like, to be in that risk factor with him again. See where we're at. So what's next for us? <laughs> we really don't know. <laughs> he hasn't given He hasn't told us. <laughs> And you know what's funny? When this first started happening, the fear level was way up here, and the excitement was like way down here. But I can honestly tell you right now, we don't know what tomorrow's bringing, but the excitement is like this, and the fear is like this. I can honestly say that. I can honestly say that. Because we have history with the Lord. 
We have history with him. We know we hear his voice. We know he's a good God. We know he's a great plans for us. And we start tapping into that. We do know one thing. The, the, the Master Road Ministries, we know he's breathing that. He told us to rebuild the website. We know something's happening with that again. Where he takes it, you know what? It's up to him. We just want to be obedient and follow him. But we know he's breathing on it again. And we think there's going to be future events with the Master Road traveling the world. We know that's going to happen. How it happens, we don't know yet. We're not going to force it to happen, but we're following him in that. I say this statement a lot. I said it in school. I don't have a slide for it, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's powerful, and I probably won't get to say it again. But two years ago in school, at the end of school year in June, the Lord spoke to me at school. And you guys know I say this a lot. He says, son, do you want me to be the God that you want to be in your life? Or are you willing to let me be the God I want to be in your life? Let me say that again. He says, son, do you want me to be the God that you want me to be in your life? Or are you willing to let me be the God that I want to be in your life? And you know what I said, right? God, of course, be the God you want to be in my life. Of course that is. He said, let me show you your heart. And he showed me my prayers and supplications. What is biblical? And he wants us to come to him with our prayers and requests and supplications, right? But what he showed me was, in my heart I was saying, but God, if you're my God, it needs to look like this when you answer it. And if you're my God, it has to be like this when it's complete. And God has to be looked just like that if you're God. What was I really saying? God, I want you to be the God I want you to be in my life. I want you to be my genie in the bottle. Now, again, says, God was rebuking me. He was calling me to a deeper place of intimacy and trust and relationship. Because he says, son, I created it all. I know the plans I have for you. Are you going to let me be your God? And I'm still processing that today. Because that, 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 one, that one paragraph, that one saying is heavy to process. We hear the words. We read the Bible. But do we step into the scripture and the scripture read us? Do we let the scripture define who we are? We're in Africa. One thing I kept talking about is, okay, my son passed from cancer. That was my reality. But my reality didn't match the promises of God. So something's wrong with this picture. And I know it's not God. So something's wrong with my reality. So God, work on me so my reality matches your promises. I'm not going to lower your standards because of my reality. Because my son didn't get healed on this earth like I wanted, it doesn't change that you're my God and you don't heal the sick because you do. Because you healed everyone you touched. And that's the truth I get to live in. So what I see in the natural does not equal what you promised me in that Bible. That is more real than my natural life. And that's what I'm pressing into. So you're going to be the God you want to be in my life. Regardless of what my natural circumstances look like. Because you know the beginning from the end. You're the creator of everything. You know what? You're already at the end of my life waiting for me to join you. Though I'm there now, so you didn't have any places with you. I can't understand that one. But it's in the Bible. So whatever you're going through that doesn't match the promises of God in the Bible, don't lower God to your standards, to your circumstances. Say, God, change in me so my life matches your promises. Because that's truth. And what you have to do in me to get me there, then get me there. Because of Abraham, we're 
told to have those same promises. Because what Jesus did on that cross and resurrected, we get to have those same promises. We get that same inheritance. That's our truth. That's our reality. And I'm not going to let the death of my son, who's in heaven with Jesus, going to be with me one day again, stop me from God's truths and promises. Oh, yes, it's painful. Don't get me wrong. I miss my son today. But I tell you what, I'm still holding God's promises over my reality. It's bigger than that. And I can say that for a fact. And that's what I'm pressing into. So when he called me out to follow me big back on the cutting edge, I'm coming scared and I'm coming not trusting because I know his promises are more than my reality. Ooh, that's good. Take somebody take notes and get that to me later. I'm gonna preach on that somewhere. Dang. That is really good. I'm being serious. No, nah, that's Holy Spirit, I'm being honest. That was Holy Spirit tying the boy around that thing. Wow. I feel him. Dang. I can't even say it again. I hope that's recorded. I need to write that one down. Now you know how when sometimes cause sometimes the Holy Spirit would give you something, and you know it's not you because it's really good. And that was one of those for me. I'm about to throw shoe at myself. Some people know what that means. I was preaching once and my buddy Scott threw a shoe at me. I mean, threw his tennis shoe and hit me with it, right? People say, what's that about? Well, in old circles and probably some black churches too, you know, he's white. When you do an amazing sermon and people are moved, they throw their shoes at you. Out of honor, out of honor. Because they're so moved by you. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known, Lord. <laughs> well, uh, that's a shoot a wallet. I meant wallets. I meant wallets. It's wall- that's what it was. Yeah, wallets, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, blazing fire. I love this home. Wow. Hey, baby. So, since our anniversary come up the 19th, why don't you grab me a pair of shoes that you like and we go out in town and do it up. <laughs> I'm trying to find me some shoes. What y'all talking about? I've had these for a couple of years. All right. <laughs> You know, to be honest, this, this is an amazing place. Uh, I really got to grow here as a person, as a son. Uh, you know, it's funny because Brent's, Brent's younger than me, but he's my spiritual father, spiritual leader, and, and great friend. You know, and, and one thing I tell you about this house, it's real. It's not perfect, and thank you, Jesus, because there's no perfect house till we get to heaven or heaven falls down here all the way. But there's no perfect place. But this house is really going after Jesus. It's really going after the Holy Ghost having his way here. And, and it's real, and, and it's ever-increasing what he does, excuse me, what he does here. And it really believes in empowering people and seeing them succeed in the Lord. They're not going to do it for you, but they're going to tell you how amazing you are, how wonderful you are. If there's opportunities for you to do things, they're going to open the doors for you. And it's funny because I remember, you know, you say something to Brent. He says, well, that's a great deal. Do something about it. <laughs> what? Well, that's, God's on that. Do something with it. Think. We get to use our brains here. We get to engage with our minds and create something. You know, when I first started the school, they started this, this, this ministry of kingdom training, and we transformed it to a school. This is what Brent said, senior pastor of this church. 
who's been with the Lord many years, and I'm still raw at best, still am. He said, we're submitting to your leadership because God has called you to build this thing. Now, I'm going to pastor you, but we're submitting to you in the direction we go in. How many leaders you know do that? And he wasn't he just giving me lip service. He meant it, and he's done it that way. He's done it that way. You don't find leaders like that. When you tell leaders God's calling you a different direction, they bless you and love you and work process through with you and cry with you. They don't try to hold you back or kick you out. Yeah, he gives you wise counsel and meets with you and prays with you and talks with you. But he wants you. You know what the first thing Brent told me? He says, I want to push you farther than I've ever gone. So I just want to just shoot you out there. And he means that. You don't find many leaders like that. Is he perfect? No. But the perfect one lives in him. The perfect one lives in me. This is an amazing house. I'm saying this because it's hard to leave this house. But I know the Lord, what the Lord told me when I first got here. To serve. To vacuum carpets. To clean bathrooms. To serve this house so this man can do what he's called to do. And that's what I came for. He says, your training ground. And there's going to be a day I'm going to send you back out again. I know it's going to be 10 years later. So I got pretty comfortable. <laughs> Especially my son passed away, I got real comfortable. But he called me back out again. He's faithful. I met my wife here in Blazing Fire. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Doug Addison. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell that story real quick. A lot of you guys don't know me. So we had Doug Addison some years back, and he's, he's an amazing friend of the house, amazing prophetic voice in the world. And he had this vision of so many people getting married out of Blazing Fire this particular year. And uh, this particular time he came, and the Lord said, that's you, son. You're about to get married. You're getting married. I'm like, I am? I said, Suzanne, the Lord said I'm getting married. I'm one of the ones he's talking about. She says, who are you married? I said, I don't know. I don't know nobody. <laughs> There's nobody on the radar screen. Matter of fact, I tell you something better than that. One day my son, okay, one day my son, let me go back. Okay, he had me start this ministry called the Master's Road Ministries. And I'm walking one day, and there's this penny. I'm, I'm going to wrap up real quick here. There's a penny on the ground. The Lord says, son, pick that penny up. People in school know this story. Hey, Miss Ellen. Miss Ellen's here, babe. We love Miss Ellen. And so uh, he said, son, pick that penny up. I picked it up. He says, what's that? I said, it's a penny. You're right, it's a penny. It's a penny. Yes, it's a penny. But what is that? I said, it's a penny, Lord. It's a penny. It's a stupid penny. That's what it is. No, son, you're missing it. It's one cent. Okay, Lord, it's one cent. I get it. It's a penny. It's one cent. He says, no, it's one I'm sending into the nations. You're the cent one. And right after that, the doors begin to open for me to travel internationally and preach. They start calling. So, my son, so years later, my son gets sick. The Lord says, okay, cancel all your appointments. It made your son's feet for a season. So I canceled all my ministry appointments that I was doing and sat at my son's feet. And one day I walked into the hospital to leave his mom from treatment. And the Lord said, see those two pennies? Pick them up. Picked them up. He says, we're less than two pennies, Lord. It's two cents. He says, the next time I see you to the nations, I'm sending you with your wife. And shortly after that, I met Angela. And shortly after that, he says, this is when you're marrying. And we just got back from Uganda together with Pastor Brent. Come on. He does stuff like that. Come on up, babe. So we're going to...
take a few minutes to say some thank yous. Hope you got some out of tonight's little sharing. We don't want to keep you long tonight. The hear just cry and complain and <laughs> make it about us, but it is. But it's about you guys, too. It's about all of us, aren't we? We're sons and daughters. He cares about every one of our destinies, every one of our hearts, every one of our lives. So first I want to say a big thank you to my kingdom training family from 2004-2013. Can we have all the students stand up? That, that have been through anywhere, That have anytime. been through kingdom training at, at any, any time, time. If you're here tonight. At any point in time, nighttime, daytime, weekend. Come wow. on. Thank you. Just want to thank you all. Thank you all for your love and support as we've gone through. And just, it's been such a joy to spend time with each one of you yeah. in the school and watch you grow and, and flourish. It's, it's been so, it's, it's like this huge privilege for us. Put up my awesome jokes. Y'all know, I have some jo- <laughs> y'all know I have some jokes in school. Y'all know I do. Adrian, you know I do. <laughs> this picture here uh, is 2004. We started Kingdom Training for the youth. We had, uh, we had two youth in our church then at Blazing Fire. We didn't advertise. Through word of mouth, we had over 50 kids show up that night when we started it. About 40-something completed the whole nine months with us. And these are, these are back in 2004. So these kids are grown up now. We're still in relationship with a lot of them, believe it or not. Some are married. Some have kids. Some are doing greater things in life. And some are doing ministry. Some are being a lawyer. And it's, these, these are the original babies we started with. Some of them they can, all can make the picture. Look, how, look at Matt Bragger back there in the back. I see you, Matt. Look at Brent, how dark his hair was. Look at that handsome black guy in the back right left there. Yeah, that's nice. Anyway, so we want to thank you for letting us just speak in your lives, believe in your lives. You know, some of you guys know the story, but because of Brent opened the door for this vision for us to do this, this 2013, we were in how many countries? Three countries? Seven, Seven countries. Seven countries. Uh, 17 different states in the United States. We had about 300 people or so online on campus, if you put it all together at some time, point or another. It just really, it was amazing to see that dream come true that way. So thank you, Brent and Suzanne, for that. Yeah. I want to thank my Blazing Fire family, past, present, and, and uh, especially the ones, you know, because I, I, I emailed Suzanne the other day, and I was going to put it on here, but I didn't. How many churches have we been in? And, man, we've been through a lot of them together. So we, I started with them in, in uh, well, it's probably 2003 when they were in Dublin at uh, Good News Fellowship. And uh, it was about 30 of us back then, 30 of us. And uh, it was crazy. It was awesome. And now here we are in, in 2013 in Livermore. So the Blazing Fire family here and, that aren't here on the line, love you guys, man. It's been, I've seen a lot of you. It's been awesome over the years. We had an awesome wedding in this house, too. Man, Brent and Suzanne just gave us an amazing wedding here back in uh, Pleasanton. The whole service, like a three-hour, four-hour wedding. It was awesome. <laughs> I was beaming that day. And just the way you all have always loved us and supported us. And, and you know, you knew Lonnie much longer than you did me, but you just pulled me in and you just loved me. And, um, you know, some of you remember in my early days when I was so broken and hurting and you guys just came up and you just loved me. You just loved me back to health. And it was just there's no words I could ever put to what Blazing Fire has done for my life. And you all make up Blazing Fire. So I want to thank you. 
You guys, it really is a special place. You know, I have friends in Sacramento that have churches. I've been to churches. They love me. I love them. They have great churches. Uh, we have a special place here. We really do. Uh, it, it's just something so different. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Huh, big friends. Russ and Susan Folkler. You guys stand real quick and tie. Create a lot of stand for a second. People don't know you. They're here for the first time. There. Thank you. For you that don't know, it's yeah, okay. Don't embarrass you. Oh, yeah, I got you anyway. <laughs> there are the pastoral staff and elder team. We all came, elders and pastors, around the same time. We all came to church around the same time. Didn't know each other then, but here we are serving together for the last, I don't know how many years. I didn't have all this gray stuff growing in then. then. I didn't even have none of this then. I had glasses. So, you guys, I love you. You guys know we've been through a lot together. Personally, Karina, you know, we've been, my sister protected me from a lot of things. Todd, we got our, our bathroom here where we do a lot. Russ, not in the, well, Russ, you know how I feel about you guys. You guys have been there for me, thick, thick, you know, from the death of my son to the, from my marriage to after marriage. You know, thank you. Thank you. It meant a lot to me. And I just, uh, I want to thank you guys. You guys have been so instrumental in just making me feel so at home and so welcome and, you know, just rallying around me at times when I uh, just needed a jump start to to grow. <laughs> I needed help. And you guys have always been helpers and friends. And I just love you guys so much. And I'm going to so miss you. I'm so going to miss you guys. But I know that I know that we're going to continue to be friends. And Karina, I'm going to have to find out who I will assign that Sharpie to. <laughs> we have a little thing where we kind of get into a little trouble at the elder meetings, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think they're finally starting to understand my jokes a little bit of recent in the elder meetings, but hey, whatever. Ah, very, very special thank you to Pastor Brent Suzanne. Well, it's not you. You guys have done so much for me as a person. Somebody gives a child, though I love my parents dearly, and they're still alive, and I have a relationship with them. But you guys poured into me as parents, as friends, uh, that a, a kid should get. As a grown man at 38, you poured into me, and I'm flying because of that. Thank you for believing in me and letting me soar in your home. And I just want to thank you as well. And um, I've never experienced a love like the two of you have. I've never experienced it, ever. And... The love that you two carry is from the Lord, and it just pours out everywhere you go. And for me personally, it unlocked me. It unlocked the chains that were holding me, and you two have taken me in and trusted me and loved me and helped me to grow and helped me to spread my wings and agreed with heaven for what you saw over my life. And I just, I can never, ever thank you enough. I can never thank you enough. And I can never express the gratitude and the love that I have for you two. What you guys carry is just so unique and so beautiful. And I know God is just going to do so much more, so much more. And so I just want to tell you how much I love you. So with that, one more very, very short song. 
It'll be 9 o'clock by then. Go get your kids from downstairs and come back up again, right? Ooh, perfect timing. This is good. So just give me a 20, maybe 20 seconds for this song and just take it in. Oh, one more slide first. All changes, even the most longed for, have their melancholy. For what we leave behind us is a part of ourselves. We must die to one life before we can enter another. This is so true. We, we are, it's not that we're dying to blazing fire, but we're saying, God, okay, we, you gave that to us. We're letting go, giving it back to you, and take us where you're taking us. But one more quick song. I'm so glad we <laughs> Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before you know it Comes the time I got one to fill out. Hey, by the way, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, by the way, if you're not on Blazing Fire's weekly email, make sure you let Brenner Suzanne know because it's a phenomenal email that goes out every week with an encouraging word, a lesson, an encouraging word, and events that's happening in the area for Blazing Fire. So I encourage you to get on that weekly email and stay to date because Brent always, or one of the staff, or one of us, well, it used to be one of us, but the staff always send out something very positive, something very motivational that will bless your spirit. So get on that weekly Blazing Fire email. Amen? Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with a scripture real quick. Um, is it possible to turn the stage lights down a little bit, Patrick, on the stage itself? It is. Uh, how come mine's not working? Give me one sec. There we go. Isaiah 61, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. And we're going to start with a video that just really blesses me and Angela's spirit, and I'm hoping it blesses your spirit, and Angela can come up after that, and we'll go from there, amen? Rise and shine. 6 a.m. and your hand can't make it to the alarm clock before the voices in your head start telling you that it's too early, too dark, and too cold to get out of bed. Aching muscles lie still in rebellion, pretending not to hear your brain commanding them to move. A legion of voices are shouting their unanimous permission for you to hit the snooze button and go back to dreamland. But you didn't ask their opinion. The voice you've chosen to listen to is one of defiance. A voice that says there was a reason you set that alarm in the first place. So sit up. Put your feet on the floor and don't look back because we've got work to do. Welcome to the grind. For what is each day but a series of conflicts between the right way and the easy way? 10,000 streams fan out like a river delta before you, each one promising the path of least resistance. Thing is, you're headed upstream. And when you make that choice, when you decide to turn your back on what's comfortable and safe and what some would call common sense, well, that's day one. From there, it only gets tougher. So just make sure this is something you want because the easy way out will always be there, ready to wash you away. All you have to do is pick up your feet. 
But you aren't going to, are you? With each step comes the decision to take another. You're on your way now, but this is no time to dwell on how far you've come. You're in a fight against an opponent you can't see, but oh, you can feel him on your heels, can't you? Feel him breathing down your neck. You know what that is? That's you. Your fears, your doubts, and insecurities all lined up like a firing squad, ready to shoot you out of the sky. But don't lose heart. While they're not easily defeated, they are far from invincible. Remember, this is the grind, the battle royale between you and your mind, your body, and the devil on your shoulder who's telling you that this is just a game. This is just a waste of time. Your opponents are stronger than you. Drown out the voice of uncertainty with the sound of your own heartbeat. Burn away yourself down with the fire lit beneath you. Remember what we're fighting for and never forget that momentum's a cruel mistress. She can turn out a dime with the smallest mistake. She is ever searching for the weak place in your armor, that one tiny thing you forgot to prepare for. So as long as the devil is hiding the details, the question remains, is that all you got? Are you sure? And when the answer is yes, when you've done all you can to prepare yourself for battle, then it's time to go forth and boldly face your enemy, the enemy within. Only now you must take that fight into the open, into hostile territory. You're a lion in a field of lions, all hunting the same elusive prey with a desperate starvation that says victory is the only thing that can keep you alive. So believe that voice that says you can run a little faster and you can throw a little harder and that for you, the laws of physics are merely a suggestion. Luck is the last dying wish of those who want to believe that winning can happen by accident. Sweat, on the other hand, is for those who know it's a choice. So decide now, because destiny waits for no man. And when your time comes and a thousand different voices are trying to tell you you're not ready for it, listen instead to that lone voice of dissent. The one that says you are ready. You are prepared. It's all up to you now. So rise and shine.